So yeah, and I've seen like some of your uh, information that you have posted in the different social media, right? And I noticed that you have an, another friend that uh, is uh, with you trying to kind of just combine ideas there, right? So basically, one of the videos that you have is trying to kind of explain a little bit more the the what is the the actual form of 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 your designs, right? So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So uh, for those who, uh, I think uh, the audience are quite new to the subject. So I will start with some of the basics. So there are two ways. So my projects are mostly focused on Mars. So there are two ways to carry a habit, to have a habitat on Mars. One is you carry something from Earth to Mars. And another one is you build something from the local resources. That is, that is called in situ res uh, resource utilization. So I am focused on how we can carry an habitat from Earth to Mars. And I, there are, there are also two types of structure that you can carry. One is inflatable structures and another one is origami structures. Origami is very much new and there is something that is, that has been introduced. I, maybe I'm, I might be the second or the third person on Earth to introduce this origami deployable habitat. So, Till now, there's a company called Biglow who has been uh, doing some inflatable structures and inflatable structures are basically like uh, fabric which are pressurized and it increases in the volume and they're very lightweight, but there are a lot of disadvantages as well to inflatable structures because if there's a puncture due to a space debris, then it's very hard to repair the puncture. So I came up with a concept of origami, uh, deployable origami. Origami is a, as you, I think you might be aware of this subject, it is a, uh, ancient Japanese art that is used to create. We also just uh, do this origami in our early childhood when we play, when we make those boats and we, we make the birds out of origami, that paper folding. It is a, basically a paper folding technique. So, and there are a lot of different kinds of, uh, paper folding techniques for there are a lot of different kind of patterns for example uh, there is a below folding yoshimura miura so i i chose one pattern and i chose crestling pattern because so now before i go into the crestling pattern i will i will tell you a little bit about why origami because when i create an when i create an habitat with an origami i exactly know that how many panels how many, how much of material would I need? I exactly know that how many panels do I need? And also their connections are very easy because there are some, there are just mechanical joints that, and we can all, it is also possible to build the, or build a mock-up model of origami habitat on the earth and it's easy to test. So I choose a questioning pattern. So when we, when I design something for the Mars habitat, and origami mass habitat. I want to make sure that if something happens to the habitat, then it is easy to repair that. And also we need to have uh, less hinges as possible because so then it's easy for the astronauts to deploy the structure. So there are a lot of advantages. There are a lot of advantages of origami because it has a very efficient packing. Let's say, for example, sorry. If you if you fold the paper into uh, four folds, this is a flat structure, right? And then when you deploy it, it becomes it becomes a bigger structure. So origami help us to 
minimize the volume when it is in a folded state. It has a very deployable and a very consistent uh, deploying stage. Like we know how exactly the structure will be deployed. And in, in, in flatables, uh, you cannot, you don't know how uh, the structure will be uh, maximized because it is through the air. So it has diff- different areas of the uh, fabric are being maximized. So it's a very risky uh, situation there. And also origami has a long-term survivability because it is made from metals. It has very easy integration uh, for windows as you can also uh, put the windows in one of the folds and it is also possible to uh, put the electronics and everything in it. And so that is, that is why I chose origami structure. Now on Mars, we want to make sure that uh, where the astronauts perform most of their functions is that it, it, it has, uh, it is very safe from the solar radiation, right? So I, I built our origami uh, with three floors. So at the basement, there's a basement floor, which is beneath the surface of the Martian uh, soil. And that has, um, that has bedrooms because astronauts will be sleeping as they will, they're going to kind of perform the same function that we perform here. And I will also explain you how, how do we know that what astronauts will be doing on Mars? I will explain this on a later part. So in the basement, I designed uh, bedrooms and I designed a uh, toilet and shower. On the ground floor, you have EVA room, you have medical emergency room, then you have the greenhouse and hydroponic garden. And then on the second, first floor, uh, you have, um, you have the communication room, you have the engineering labs and you have the bio labs. So that is some basic things that we, that we need for an habitat. And also, so in my, in the, in the project that you saw with, along with my teammate, that was just a design concept. We are going to, uh, we are, we are working right now to process our design and we are going to uh, build a mock-up model out of the cardboard and aluminum, uh, right here, like in next, in the next few coming months. And Mars Society of Canada and also Mars Society of Canada is a part of Mars Society and it has uh, two, uh, research desert stations. One is in Utah and one is in, um, Devon Island in Nunavut. So, we're going to test our mock-up model of habitats at uh, one of the res- desert stations. And uh, a person of two crew will be staying inside the habitat and it will be perform kind of very similar activities by doing an al- analog mission, uh, which will help us to understand how efficient the habitat space requirement and uh, how habitat, how efficient the habitat is. Because it will also help us to understand the psychological effects of two people staying in a very small space. And also it will help us to understand, uh, if the, if the space that we have divided between different systems and different rooms is appropriate or not and what modifications we need to do. So there are a lot of things. Space activity is also being tested through analog missions. These two desert research stations in Utah and, uh, in Nunavut on Devon Island. They both, they both perform, uh, crew missions every, every two months. Every, I think every two to three months where a crew of five to six people go and stay under a dome structure all together. And they perform extravehicular activities and they perform the sleeping, eating, cooking, everything inside the dome. It is, it is a kind of a space architecture. So 
yes, uh, a lot of things can be understood by analog machines as well. So that is something that I am looking forward to do for our origami habitat. Right. And uh, I was noticing also that you share with me some links that uh, obviously is going to be shared with uh, along with this podcast as well in the description. Uh, it's about this space architecture, right? So I was getting to the, the website and it was a, a lot of uh, usable information, a lot of information about how, what they are doing and what they're expecting to do in the future as well. Can you, can you tell us more about it? Yes. So, uh, Canada doesn't, Mars Society of Canada is basically an organization, is a chapter from Mars Society. And we have formed this organization to support Canadian, uh, involvement in space programs because Canada is also, Canada also plays a very big role, uh, with, uh, NASA. See, Canadian Space Agency plays a very big role with NASA and a lot of uh, Canadians are, don't have the different opportunities to participate or to have the knowledge or to get the, receive the knowledge about uh, Mars missions because this is a very upcoming topic. So our organization mainly focuses only on the Mars exploration and there are a lot of different ways uh, that we are trying to give the knowledge to our fellow citizens is through education, through our habitat designs, through our online quizzes, and uh, through and uh, because of COVID, we couldn't uh, do much of the participation with the universities and with the schools. But uh, in a, hopefully this year, if uh, COVID allows us, then we are going to engage with the universities and uh, create different kinds of competitions. We are basically trying to support the Canadian Space Agency's missions to Mars indirectly by imparting and by following the purpose of uh, settle Mars settlement, human settlement on Mars. I we, we strongly believe that Mars Mars is a planet that can be settled and I will explain you here why. Because Mars is the second Mars is the second most uh, planet with very strong probability of uh, finding the uh, past life as it has water. So Mars has water so Mars is the temperature of um, the date temperature for Mars is uh, 19 degrees Celsius, 17 to 19 degrees Celsius. And at night, it gets to minus, minus 90 degrees Celsius, which is very much uh, higher than the freezing point. So the water on Mars is uh, saved in a solid state. That's one thing. So we know that there is a water on Mars. Also, uh, the NASA scientists discovered that evidence there's an evidence of uh, past microbial life uh, when they collected the samples from antarctica rock samples and it it has shown that there are organic molecules uh, in it also the oceans that are frozen as water uh, as a perma permafrost has uh, four gases that is nitrogen oxygen uh, carbon and uh, hydrogen and which is very much capable to produce food water wood plastics and also the rocket fuel and mars has a very similar day to earth mars has 24 hour and 37 minutes so you have 37 minutes more to snooze your alarm i can say that <laughs> and also it is it is the technologies that we have right now uh we can reach the mars because the perseverance rover the curiosity rover are there are so many nasa rovers which are already ex uh, having ex doing experiments on Mars since last past 10, 15 years. 
And the, so there's also Mars is the only, Mars is the only planet which can accommodate, um, greenhouses because it has do from the natural, uh, sunlight. So we are very much looking forward. Moon, you cannot be settled on moon. So moon missions are going to be like a stop to go to the Mars. The NASA has a future plan that they're gonna first create a base on the moon and from moon, they're gonna go to the Mars. That's, that's how it is going to be. But Mars is going to be the ultimate goal of human settlement. And of course, these things are going to, uh, of course, not tomorrow or in a year or, or five years. No one is going to be on the Mars. But we are very much looking forward that at some point, maybe in uh, 50 years, there will be there will be someone on the Mars. And maybe in 100, 150 years, there will be some coloni- colonization on the Mars. And the thing is, why not? If we, we, ha- we are so, we humans are so capable to do everything we desire, even going to the moon, something... So when people were planning to go to the moon, people must be like, oh, how are we going to be on the moon? But you see, there has been 12 astronauts who have been already on the moon. And now we are again going back on 2024. So it is all our human intelligence. And why why we should not make the most of our human capabilities and our own intelligence and uh, to test, to test our own own capabilities. So this is one of the small effort that we're trying to make. We are trying to make that, uh, we are trying to impart the knowledge to our fellow Canadian citizens. We are trying to, uh, give them opportunity, opportunities to participate in this kind of research programs with us and help our Canadian space agency and our schools and universities to develop such programs that help us to understand our next planet that is Mars for human settlement. Right. And, uh, yeah. And lately we have, uh, noticed like, uh, for example, Elon Musk, right? That he's trying to kind of just, uh, create, uh, newer programs, trying to kind of find solution to certain ways to how these can be possible. Right. So I understand that, uh, yeah, those, like those programs are pretty, well, is everywhere right now, right? Trying to kind of just find, find these type of, of, of methods in order to kind of just make it work. And I think like the majority of these programs has, have been supported by him, right? Can you explain something that you have found? Like, uh, what, uh, what is uh, really nice about, uh, about him working forward to that? Yes. Yeah, so, so the thing with him is he never gives up. He's a kind of a person. Yes. He never gives up. He has at, at some point of his time. He had, he had to choose between Tesla to save Tesla or SpaceX because he didn't have enough money to support both because he had, uh, two or three, I think, failed uh, rocket launches and he was about to go bankrupt. But at that time, he divided his money between SpaceX and Tesla and he saved both of his companies and now he's here. So I'm very inspired from him because he never gives up and he literally believes in himself that he can, he can help the earth. You know, the thing that I will tell you one thing, my core belief system is like, when you are doing something for the people of the world, when you are, when you're trying to do something better for the world, you will always have the support from here or there, either from the universe or you will always have, you will always get those resources somehow because you are trying to make a better change. And I think Elon Musk is being supported a lot because now you see he's the billionaire most richest person right now on the earth. So yeah, he has a lot of funds now to support more missions to Mars. 
recently he designed he is going to he's going to test this SLS um, uh, spaceship that is going to go to the Mars because it is a very it is a four times bigger than a normal space shuttles and it has a capability to reach Mars as it will have enough space to carry a crew of four to six astronauts and also it has a enough space and capability uh, for the astronauts to survive for seven months and also on the Mars as it is a huge space uh, spaceship and also it has a it is very much capable to uh, take off with such amount of uh, weight. So that is something that he has been designing. It has been under working process for quite a time. Now it's going to be launched this year. He's going to test it. It's called SLS Spaceship to Mars. It's huge. It's huge. It's all metal. And maybe if you have a chance to look at the picture, you will be really amazed to see that. You know the sound that uh, Space Shuttle makes while launching? The gas when the propellant rocket fuel comes down and the propellant comes down. That's just so exciting when you have this, when they start counting 10, 9, 8, and then you create, and the moment the uh, space shuttle take off, uh, you have the, you make that history, you create that history. So you leave something, you leave your footprint and you leave your, you inspire generations to follow. How do you like it so far? Thank you for being with us. If you want to know about the following part, just keep in touch and follow us for the next part of this episode. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast, either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable, and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also, if you like what you get from this audio, I would recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.